Hello, hello, hello everyone. What's going on? Wagwan, what is going on? My name is Mortimer Magic Main. Welcome back to another episode of the show, Tracks from the Treehouse Lounge. Today we are keeping it straight reggae. It's going to be it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to this episode. There's a lot of history to talk about. Basically, we are going to be exploring the roots of the sound clash, ska, punk, and reggae as we know it today. And we're going to be kicking that all off with a record from a band called Aswad, A-S-W-A-D, um, which was, is a British reggae group still active with a uh, you know, ton, a revolving door of uh, unoriginal members, but having released over 20 studio albums um, since they formed in the mid 70s. So I found out today that Aswad is the Arabic word for the English word for black, the color black. The band has three, uh, or these are the original members that I'm gonna talk about here um, Brinsley Shaka B. Ford, Angus Drummy Zeb. Gay, his nickname is Drummy Zeb. I guess he's a drummer. Donald D. Griffiths, George Ross Oban, which I think, according to my patois, Ross means blood. Courtney Khaki Grotz. Uh, I got. I got to say, I want to mention. Like I mentioned this because I think it's cool that every single member of the group has a nickname. Um, so that's fun, you know. That's why I go on. Uh, this album is called Showcase, which was released in 1981 on UK-based Grove Music label, which was affiliated to Island. Now, this record, I gotta say, has some must-check-out artwork, um, so that'll be on the Instagram page. And you have to pay special attention to the Grove Music logo stamp, which has a big marijuana leaf on it, which I think is pretty cool. Before we get into the track though today, I want to talk a little bit about original member Brinsley Shaka B. Ford. So I knew about this guy as an actor, but before I knew he was in a musician, musician, I actually learned his name and saw him in a movie before I realized he was one of the members of Aswad, who, you know, obviously I have one of their records. Anyways, this guy... Shaka B was born in the UK to uh, parents of who were Guyanese immigrants uh, who came over in the big uh, immigration wave from Jamaica and the West Indies in the 60s and 70s. So he was actually uh, he had been acting for a long time and had a couple. Um, he was he was a child actor I think on a on a show in the early 70s or a teen actor or something some kid show but the movie that I first saw in that was a movie called Babylon which I have to mention because it, it's it's so informative it's so good it's so true to what I assume life was like uh, for the characters that it portrayed in 1980s Brixton okay so uh, yeah I think I mentioned that Aswad formed in the mid 70s uh, they released their first self-titled uh, album in 1976. So to put that in perspective, The Clash's self-titled debut and Sex Pistols, Never Mind the Bullocks, didn't come out until the following year in 1977. So 
Brinsley was already in the acting scene and already in the music scene recording records with his band Aswad when uh, in 1980 he played the main character, a young reggae DJ named Blue, um, in in the movie Babylon. Now Blue uh, was the frontman for his sound system group, Ital Lion, in Thatcher era London. And as he pursues his musical ambitions, uh, he also has to fiercely battle the racism and xenophobia of employers, police, neighbors, all at the time of uh, economic hardship. It was hard for anyone to get a job, let alone young, uh, uneducated men who, you know, were being uh, oppressed and brutalized simply based on the color of their skin, even though they were actually born in England. You know, they weren't even immigrants. These people, this first generation that uh, Blue and his friends portray. Uh, it's interesting to me because, you know, even through the little bit of research that I've done on my own, the the racism that um, the, these uh, Caribbean immigrants faced, they were quite surprised at because, you know, especially for Jamaicans, uh, they were, you know, part of the Commonwealth. And the UK government wanted to open up... Uh, the, the country to new immigrants because it needed labor because they had been you know they were still suffering the effects the after effects of the second world war so a lot of the Jamaicans when they arrived and they were you know persecuted they were like what is this like we came here to help we came here to work this this should be our country too like we're what makes you more British than us you know like we were with the we were raised with the queen and everything too so yeah, quite a time, quite a time to be alive and to be in, in some of these people's shoes. So um, the, just as a testament to how good and how striking the movie was, it was not released in the United States until just uh, 2019, just two years ago, which is when I first heard about it and saw it. Um, because it was originally deemed, quote, too controversial and likely to incite racial tension. Uh, and that's why it was not allowed to play at the 1981 New York Film Festival. So pretty ridiculous that a movie that was all about, you know, anti-racism and, and how ridiculous and horrible racism is, was deemed in America to be uh, <laughs> incite uh, racist violence. But that is what happened and that's how it went. Okay, anyways, the movie's out now and it's great. You have to see it. I made reference to sound system earlier, uh, the sound system culture, and I'll talk about that a little bit more after after we listen to the song. So here it is. We got Rainbow Culture by Aswad. Enjoy.
Okay, so there we have it, Rainbow Culture by Aswad. I mean, Rainbow Culture, um, <laughs> I think the, the, the message is, is pretty clear there with the name of the song, even though I have no specific information on what that's about. Anyways, what I want to talk about is, is uh, sound system culture, because this is one of the coolest things I've learned about recently. So here we go. As early as the 1940s, uh, sound system started up in Jamaica, Kingston specifically, where truck trucks would get loaded up with generators huge speakers usually custom built and turntables and DJs and their crews could just roll around and start up a party wherever they want so on the street or you know sometimes in an empty warehouse and people would just come together because you know a lot of people didn't have radios yet there was no way that they could hear music except by going out um, to where these people were pr producing it in the streets um, a lot of times, uh, you, you can Google some of these images, like these guys would build huge custom speakers because if your speaker could be louder than, um, you know, the next sound systems, then, then you would win and they would actually have battles, um, which is where the term sound clash emerged. Um, and, and it, it's interesting too, because when, when sound system first started up and rolling around, I don't think there was a lot of, um, records being produced within Jamaica. There wasn't a lot of demand. A lot of the stuff was coming in from the US. But as that kind of got tired out and sound system became more popular, Jamaicans wanted to hear, you know, Jamaican music made by them for them. So the recording industry started to take off. But the people that were going in and making the recordings, the DJs and the MCs, they were only, you know, getting pressing so they could use them. It was, wasn't something that 
would then be available in stores and other people could buy. So these recordings were held pretty uh, tight closely to the chest. Just imagine like, you know, like the dopest sample on uh, your favorite hip hop song, you know, like the first time people heard that being mixed in, they're just like, what is this, right? Actually, maybe a sample is not the best example here, but I'm just basically referring to the new, new, you know, uh, when that new stuff comes in. So the culture of sound system was then brought to the UK uh, along with the mass migration, uh, including Brinley Ford's family from Guyana. And you, it was kind of the same situation. You wanted to hear uh, the reggae tunes that you loved. You wanted to create new music, but this type of stuff would get no radio play uh, in the UK. You know, like that was that was a joke. People probably didn't even like to acknowledge that uh, this genre of music uh, existed, and you know, nobody didn't. Nobody had internet, so they actually had to reach back to Jamaica to get the new tracks, the new pressings, that would then get sent to the UK, and whoever in UK, the UK could get their hands on the dope shit obviously had the best uh, sound system, and they needed that for their battles um, because everybody knew uh, what was real and what was fake and what was dope and, and, and what was old, what was played out. And this was uh, pretty cool because it was really a way for the first generation reggae fans born in the UK could reach back to uh, wherever they came from and get some of the the sounds that were currently happening there and then bring them to the new audience in the UK. So at the same time you had the the guys running the sound system, you had the you know the the Brits who had, had been there for generations, they had, you know, rock and roll and the Beatles but then when some of them started to hear the, the reggae and the ska, that got brought together. Uh, and then in my opinion, I think largely the opinion is that's where punk came from. Like, you know, one of the, uh, the clash is, you know, the, the reggae influence that had on them is, uh, is obvious. So pretty cool. Ska starts in Jamaica, uh, which is, you know, one of the original uh, roots of reggae and that was from the Jamaicanization of the whatever they were hearing coming out of the States. Ska makes it over to the UK, gets picked up by the rock and rollers and we have punk. And some of the earliest uh, punk bands or, 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 or fans of, of, of punk, um, you would have uh, black kids and white kids and getting together over the music and it was uh, really nice you know like it was a good scene it wasn't uh, pervaded by any racism because not everyone is crazy you know um, I am but not everyone is and I and I should say punk hadn't been pervaded by racism yet and you would have black kids and white kids at the punk shows and you would also have black kids and white kids at uh, at the reggae shows you know um, so yeah, what a world, eh? Okay, <laughs> that was super fun uh, to talk about. So this is the longest episode ever. I really hope uh, you guys enjoyed the tunes. You learned something. Um, that is that. Do you have any questions? Email me. Do you have any fan mail? Email me. Do you have anything else? I'm done. 
I'm done. I need a drink. I'm going to go over to the bar and uh, talk to some weirdos. All right, everyone. See you tomorrow.